Pulse95 live from the Global Media Congress at the Abu Dhabi National Exhibition Center. Hello and welcome back to the live coverage of Pulse95 Radio from the Global Media Congress, which is taking place for the first time. But the discussions have been ongoing for a long time and now we're bringing a lot more media professionals under the roof of the Abu Dhabi National Exhibition Centre as we continue the discussions and talk to you about the future of news. We got a little bit of a taste this morning during the opening ceremony where I was personally <laughs> very terrified of the Metaverse interviewer and uh, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I hear this big buzzword thrown around all the time but now it's becoming a little bit of a reality so the discussions today uh, just after 3 30 uh, are going to be analyzing how ai machine learning and the automation will transform the news to shed some more light it's going to be the moderator of that discussion adrian wells who is a managing director of enix thank you very much for joining us this morning this afternoon rather <laughs> nice to be here well great to have you on board with us now let's start off uh, by talking about the world of AI, how is it going to be transforming the world of news content generation and consumption? I think the short answer is that we don't yet know mm. uh, because I think we're nearer the beginning of the journey of AI in the news industry than the end. Uh, certainly, uh, many, many media organizations very, in different ways are using AI to help uh, generate journalism, distribute journalism, um, manipulate the content, extract more data than has previously been uh, possible for journalists to do in the past. But these techniques are still fairly new. Uh, and I think that in, in many instances, they're still at the stage of being pilot projects, experiments, trying to find out what will be the real applications of AI intelligence in newsroom workflows. I think perhaps one of the more developed strains is the idea of being able to extract extra information from video content. So for example, everyone's familiar with the facial recognition mm -hmm. as a technology, uh, not least you know, um, in all sorts of applications. And in the news industry, we can also use that technology to run our video assets through facial recognition in order to be able to um, better organize and sort our video archives which can be very useful for newsrooms, uh, journalists who are doing that day's story, or perhaps as a way of monetizing archives that they may have in the building. Um, there are also examples of how AI can be used to generate journalism, which is in a way a more, a slightly more controversial area, if you like, because probably the idea of robots writing the news is, is a little bit more uh, something to be thought about. Mm. Uh, there are some applications where big organizations and small are using uh, AI to create journalism. Usually that's using templates of, of stories that suit that application, i.e. where there's a certain amount of facts that can be distributed, run through AI programs and, and reports generated like sports reports or like weather reports or reports that come out from statistics. We're not quite at the stage yet of a robot or AI intelligence being able to write a wonderful feature story. Uh, you know, maybe that will come down the track, but that's, that's in the future. It's interesting that you mentioned this because I think for anyone who's entered the field of journalism or any journalist out there, they would understand that it's a very human-centric field and you know thinking of AI or even machines being a part of this of this industry is like 
what do they know about news? What do they know about telling a story? But believe it or not, at the end of the day, it all comes down to journalism does rely heavily on technology. And I wanted to get your perspective on how do journalists nowadays reach their customers, reach their readers? Because long gone are the days where, as journalists, we wait for people to go ahead and buy the newspaper, open the TV channel. We need to reach to them where they are. So what are your thoughts on that? I think this is another area where AI is very definitely uh, an excellent place for it to be uh, utilized. I mean, if you think about advertising, the advertising industry is already very well ahead at targeting, you know it from your own phone, right? Mm -hmm. When you search Algorithms. for something, uh, and all of a sudden you've searched for a restaurant in Dubai, and all of a sudden you have, you're have flooded with ads. restaurants in Dubai. <laughs> so the advertising industry is already using AI to target audiences with the sorts of messages that it thinks that you will want or you'll be receptive to. And news organizations are using exactly the same technology to do the same thing. It's not restaurants, or it could be, but it can uh, usually also relate to what kind of content. So for example, uh, if you're a digital publisher running, and the Times of London, for example, does mm. this, if you're a digital publisher and you see that your readership is interested in a certain type or category of stories, well, hey presto, it may well present these stories to you above certain other stories which you're less interested in. And digital publishers are using that particularly to drive subscription growth, so that you maybe you buy the product or you become a customer. Or if you're not, if it's not a customer hook, then it can be about story choices, and those stories are presented to you. Now, I think that's that's a good thing, right? Because it's basically providing you with an automatic filter. Mm. Uh, the danger is, and there is a danger. We all know as well about echo chambers, uh, you know, may, that may be created on on Twitter or other platforms. And so we've got to be careful that in the application of AI, we don't create a whole new load of echo chambers where people's, the diversity of opinion and news is restricted. I think that's the, that's the flip side danger, but on the whole, these technologies will be used more and more for sure. Mm -hmm. And how do you view these changes? Are you, it must be an exciting time for you know, people working in this industry, but uh, for those soon-to-be journalists going through the, the red brick universities and going through the NCTJ courses, how excited, how, how ready should they be or should they, or should the students be starting? Should they start looking at getting other um, side, um, let's say, accreditations or trainings or mm. workshops? Uh, should they start doing that now as well? Well, it's, it's interesting. I'm probably one of the few people who would know what the acronym NCTJ means, and it's the National Council for the Training of Journalists. For, for listeners who don't know, and that's a British organisation responsible for training journalists. Now, when I did my NCTJ course in the early 1980s, right? We spent many, 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 many hours uh, learning uh, shorthand to get above 120 words a minute. In my case, it was Pittman New Era shorthand. Who would need to do that now? I mean, yeah. we have multiple speech-to-text applications, right? So that's a classic example of how AI, for a journalist, has replaced a human skill that we no longer need. Yeah. Why bother wasting time doing that? You can just run it through a program, piece of software, and you get your speech-to-text out. And I think that's the positive um, function of AI technologies, is that it gives the journalist an extra set of tools 
to free up time to go and find out something actually more interesting or to discover something or investigate something or to contribute more creatively to journalism. And I think that's the best scenario in this discussion of AI. Of course, as a flip side, any car assembly worker will tell you that having AI-assisted robots <laughs> is not a great idea, right? Because you're going to get made unemployed pretty quickly. Mm. So there are certain functions in the in the traditional newsroom that may well be replaced by technology. The hope is, again, that the money freed up from not having those roles will be invested elsewhere. That's the the big picture. Short term, of course, change can all, can be painful, and there are adjustments. So if you're a video archivist who's been responsible for tagging video <laughs> in your career so far, mm, maybe time to look at the jobs page. Uh, but hopefully there are other opportunities that crop up elsewhere in the industry as these changes roll through. Yeah. Video editing has been quite interesting mm. as well because you know once you've got these TikTok platforms, for example, they edit the video based they on the They do a pretty music. good job, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, video editing skills traditionally a craft skill yeah. which you you know you might study and you learn or you spend many years becoming uh, very good at now a lot of software applications can do a pretty reasonable job so I think it's really about um, you know proponents of AI in, in the newsrooms will say that it, it cre it's an enabler for creating even more content efficiently mm -hmm. that's not to say that other things will end it just gives us a greater variety in which to choose from. And in the meantime, media organizations, they're, they're businesses. They have to exist and they have to you know, pay their way and pay salaries. And so any efficiencies that can be created by using these tools is a good thing because it makes media businesses more sustainable for the long run. Absolutely. Now you've mentioned all about the importance of using AI to help create content efficiently. And mm. with that, for any journalist, I think, a big challenge is fighting fake news because people yeah. are constantly being bombarded sure. by it on social media. How can artificial intelligence actually help content creators, help journalists actually fake or fight fake news without yeah. it fully being on their shoulders? Super interesting uh, subject because I think if you come to any media conference like the one we're in right now, uh, the subject of fake news is always preeminent because it's a big threat because it undermines trust. Uh, the consumer may not be sure what information they're getting and from whom and they can be manipulated and distorted. So wouldn't it be great to have a, a technological solution to that? And there are AI-assisted technologies that can help with that. For example, one of the biggest problems in fake news is video being passed off as something when it isn't something. Deep fakes. Classically, uh, deep fakes, absolutely. Even uh, every time there's a, a, a tsunami, you'll find the same piece of footage from Japan in 2009 True. saying this is the, the tsunami that's just happened and you'll find big news organizations still fall for it. They'll republish it, there's some pranker out there, you know, and, and people are misinformed. Deep fakes, again, yes, involves manipulation of the image and there are technologies that can help in weeding out deep fakes as well. The trouble, of course, with all of these technologies is they're also very good for creating deepfakes. So uh, we've got to make sure that with the balance is more on detection and ruling out these bad pieces of information as opposed to enabling even more worse information to be created. So sword. it's a double-edged sword <laughs> for sure, yeah. Lastly, uh, how, what are you expecting from the talk? Isn't it about uh, just under two hours time now? Uh, well, uh, so the panelists I'm speaking to actually owns a company which particularly specializes in extracting data, using AI technology to extract data. 
I think in my role as a moderator, I'll have to give him a bit of a hard time, as you've been giving me a hard time, about all these issues of journalists being made unemployed and <laughs> deep fakes and yeah. all of the, the, the downsides there need to be discussed as well. He's running a company promoting AI, so it's important that we do see both sides of the story. Well, looking forward to that discussion. That's going to be later on this afternoon. And lots more discussions have been lined up for you throughout the three days of the Global Media Congress. And uh, we'll continue those discussions uh, here on the program. But for our guest, thank you very much for joining us today, Adrian. Thank you. Well, stay tuned to Pulse95. Lots more engaging discussions to look forward to.